I just want to read one scripture. And please shout if you can't hear me. I'm trying to talk loud. I will sort this mic out this week. Um, Romans 12 verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitudes, so that you might prove yourselves what is a good and acceptable will of God. So I just want to spend some time today on um, the renewing of the mind because many people don't understand it. I'm going to take, talk a short while and then I'm going to call my daughter to testify. Okay. Okay. She's going to do a short testimony just to, to bring all of that in mind. I found it very interesting that um, think about when a baby is born. Normally the head comes out first. Okay, so now what happens when we are reborn or when we are moving into a new season? Same thing, if you, you are born into something new, what must change first? What must come first is the mind, the renewing of our mind. We have to change the way we're thinking. And um, I think all of us are at the stage of a new season of something, so I'm talking to every one of us today. So, um, if you want to come out of unpleasant circumstances, what's the first thing you need to do? You need to work on your mind. You know, um, when you've experienced deliverance, your mind has to switch from being a son, uh, being a slave, to being a son. Um, if you are struggling with sickness, your mind has to change from, I'm not sick, I'm healed, struggling sickness. Do you get what I'm saying? It's like a shift in what we must do and how we must think. Um, you are not the person in bondage. You are a saint fighting the attacks of the enemy. Like we saw Jesus fought here. And how does he fight it? I'm going to get to that. Um, so it's all just... The attacks is going to come. We all can have the attacks and we all feel it in different areas in our families. So that's why we'd like to talk about it, especially in this season. So firstly, what we need to do is we need to stop waiting for a miracle to happen, to change your mindset. It's not going to happen. Deliverance can happen. People can pray for you. You can go for inner healing. But the struggles in our mind must still be pulled down. And for that to be pulled down, that's our job. That's our, our physical fight to fight against our thought patterns, our way of thinking, our way of what we are doing. So, um, renewing the mind will never be kept, be able to, to do by yourself. You can only do the renewing of the mind by the word of God. That's why I said here, I didn't like the way he said it. He said all the right stuff. But I like the version where it says, where the enemy comes and says, tell this, this stone to become bread. And he says, 
No, it is written and it quotes a scripture. That is the only way. And I want to tell you the only way you're going to change your mind and change your life forward is not by trying harder or changing things you just changing things you do. You will have to spend time in the Word of God because the Word of God is live and active and the Word of God will come to our minds and it will start transforming our minds and transforming our thinking. There's just no other way. Um, so we do well, we, we do get miracles. I'm not talking against miracles at all, but I'm saying for our minds to change, it takes work from our side. Um, so stop blaming your circumstances, saying, I've just got a bad life, or I've been handed a bad hand, now I'm struggling, or whatever. That, that way you're going to get stuck in that pattern forever. If you say things like, I will never have money, or I will never um, get anywhere in my life, you won't because you will get stuck there, because that's where your mindset is stuck. And where your mind goes, that is where your body will follow. Okay. So when you get reborn, you get reborn in your spirit. But for the flesh and the mind, we still have to pull down and we still have to change. That takes a process. It takes a long time for us to change into those new patterns. Um, yeah. So many people might say, the reason why my mind is so negative is that my life is so hard. Think about that. Have you ever thought that maybe the reason your life is hard is because your mind is so negative? Okay. I, yeah, I'm challenging, I'm challenging myself too today. Yeah. Okay. Then, um... You must stop believing that you cannot control your mind. I know the enemy throws thoughts against our mind. We need to get to the place where we can recognize them. And say, listen, now wait a bit, listen, this is not me. Where does this thought now come from? We need to be practical here. We need to kind of understand where is this coming from. Um, I want to quote a couple of scriptures here about your mind. It says here, in Philippians 4 verse 8, it says, Think about these things. Can we decide what we think on? Do we have control over that? I think so. Okay. Um, Joshua 1 verse 8 says, You shall meditate on it day and night. What is the it? It's a scripture. It's the word of God. It's God's ways versus the world's ways. What are we meditating on? Are we meditating on our problems? On what are we going to do at the end of the month? Or how am I going to get this problem sorted out? Or are we actually giving that to God and meditating on the Word of God? I mean, you only need to take one scripture and start meditating on it. Um, Psalm 1 verse 2 says, on his law he meditates day and night 
So it's pretty clear you're always expected by God to choose your thoughts yeah. and to choose what you're thinking. Okay. Um, and yes, you're going to get attacked in your mind. That's a battlefield. A mind is a battlefield. But um, as a Christian, how you overcome that is by the Word and the Holy Spirit will help you. There's no way you're going to do it by yourself and saying, I'm not going to think that anymore. If it's not with the Word and the Holy Spirit, that helps you. If you're struggling, just say, Holy Spirit, help me, please. You know. Um, when the Spirit is weak, our minds will run wild. But if we spend time in the Word and in God's presence, then our spirit gets strong and we will be able to um, stop those negative thoughts by communion with the Holy Spirit. Okay. Um, the next thing I want to say is why do you feed your minds? Why do we watch? And I, I don't even want to get legalistic about this at all. It's like, who are your friends? What do they talk? What do you listen to? Do you bring garbage into your mind? Or do we have godly friends where we spend time talking about God, talking about positive things in life, testifying, you know? That's why I want to bring in a testimony today. So, um... The only way to change your default automatic thinking are by fulfilling your conscious mind with the new information of God's truth. Okay. So you can choose, you can go and say, I'm so lonely, and just talk and think about, I'm so lonely. <coughs> but what are you doing with that? You're going to sit being lonely because it's going to make you negative, it's going to make you depressed, it's going to chase people away from you, it's not going to help your situation at all, you know. Um, but once the conscious mind is filled to overflow with the Word of God, that overflow goes into the subconscious mind and it starts overflowing. So actually we can see in ourselves, what are we talking? I say, what the heart is full, the mouth overflows with. So you can test yourself to see where you are with that. And then also, why do you talk, you know? Like, confess what you believe, not what you feel. Oh, I'm feeling depressed today. Am I going to feel better today now? Probably not. Because I'm saying I'm depressed. And the enemy will come and he will use that and he will keep drawing you down on that same issue. We need to confess the truth, not live on emotions. Emotions is not who we are. The mind is who we are. The mind that's filled with the Holy Spirit, that's who we are. So, nothing wrong. I don't want to say, if you're feeling down, to, to totally ignore it. But there's ways of handling that. Not by confessing all the time, I'm down, I'm broke, I'm... What other examples are there, you know? Because you're going to keep stuck in, in, in that thing. Um, 
That's what Jesus did in the wilderness. I mean, he said to him, I will give you the whole world. And he said, no, my God is the only one I serve. I'm feeling depressed now. My God will carry me. He enfolds me. He encircles me. He goes in front of me. Do you understand where I'm coming from? Um, so don't go speaking all your emotions. We need to take our thoughts captive, take our emotions captive, under the rulership of God, under what He is saying to us. Okay. Um, then we need to be aware, like I said in the beginning, we need to be aware the enemy will plant negative thoughts. That's his attack on us. <coughs> but we need to resist negative thoughts and assist positive thoughts. Positive thoughts are not going to stay. They need to be assisted. And negative thoughts are just not going to just leave. So um, we must assist <coughs> by the word of God making room for it in our hearts. Back to the Word. Everything is the Word of God. Get, some, get a couple of scriptures that will work for you and memorize them. That if you feel you're in that situation or you feel attacked in your mind, that you can start speaking the scripture. That's the only way you'll set, get set free. And the more you do that, the easier it's going to get. And the end, all that negative stuff is just going to disappear. Uh, because we need to represent God here and Jesus and he's not negative no, it's like almost a slap in the face <laughs> um, yeah and the other thing is don't look at where you are now how, or when you need to go and see oh my word how am I going to get there how am I going to get this project done or this thing right Focus on what you've achieved already. Focus on everything you've done because so, so easily we forget what God has done for us in the past. Make a list of it and focus on that. Well, I did that, so I'm sure I can move forward. If I could do that, then I can do this too. You know? It's all about your focus. Um, and complaining. Complaining comes with a word. Um, complaining can actually lead to the breaking of the 10th commandment of coveting. It kills the creative process of God renewing your mind. So the more we complain, the harder it's going to be to renew your mind. Because you choose to speak the negative once again. Um, renewing of the mind happens when we celebrate small victories and focus on what God is doing. Instead of what he is not doing. Stuff you're still trusting God for and thinking, oh, God's not hearing me. Rather focus on what he already did for you and keep trusting. It's all about faith. And faith is stuff that we do not see yet. Safe is stuff we know. Because we know our God. We know he's good. But we know he's got a better plan for us than we have for ourselves. So he doesn't answer us as we want to be answered. We cannot put him in a box. Just remember he is much bigger 
much greater than any anything so uh, just keep trusting and expect your miracles that's all about faith just keep expecting miracles even if you are in a situation where you feel hopeless do not lose that faith where you expect God to come through for you in a miraculous way in one or another reason you know God gave us an imagination that we can actually see that stuff that's why we've got an imagination that we can see in faith the things that we trust for the things that's in our heart but that hasn't come out yet I mean I, I believe that everything every desire in our heart godly desires I'm talking about it's not even us it's God placing them there so why wouldn't he actually bring it to fulfillment at some point in his right time and not our time okay so um, I hope I gave you something to think about there just our mind so it's basically what we think what we listen to what we bring in what we speak what we think and having faith to sum it up quickly. Does that make sense? Yeah. Hello, everybody. Um, hi. So my notepad's not as big, um, but anyway. So for my testimony, I'm going to talk about temptation. And I'm going to start with the Oxford Dictionary definition, which defines temptation as the desire to do something wrong or unwise. So Eve was tempted by the devil shaped as a snake. She succumbed to temptation and did the one thing she wasn't supposed to and tempted Adam into doing the same. David, on the other hand, was tempted by a beautiful woman. This temptation led to David committing an act of adultery. So temptation started when humans were created and even God's most beloved servant gave in to temptation. Yeah, Louder. Oh. Did they have a choice? Oh, they had a choice, so we have a choice. Let me give you an example from my life. I was an addict and an alcoholic for eight years. I tried to quit, but I didn't realize the people I surrounded myself with would put me into temptation. That I didn't, I don't know what I wrote there. Anyway, <laughs> with alcohol, all of my friends and my boyfriend at the time were also alcoholic and I was surrounded by alcohol, which led me into temptation. A few months later, I was in rehab for alcohol addiction. Ask again, did I have a choice? The painful truth to anyone asking this can be found in Corinthians 10 verse 13, which says, God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond anything that you aren't able to handle. Technically, this means that we don't have an excuse, but it's much easier said than done. So when temptation comes, we are faced with a narrow and a wide road. Sometimes the wide road has kegs along the road, while the narrow road looks quite dry. The wide road has all your friends edging you on. The narrow road looks lonely. The problem is that we all look at what we see on the surface of the roads, and we don't consider what the end of the roads look like. 
The wide road might look like fun for a while, but at the end you'll find a deadly cliff lined with dead bodies and pe for pe of people who were also tempted by what they thought the wide road had to offer. The wide road is filled with temptation and deceit, and, and the end of the road leads to death. Maybe not physically, but spiritually and emotionally, and your spiritual and emotional side work hand in hand. Let's talk about the lonely looking narrow road. Instead of beer and tequila shots, this road offers fresh spring water. Instead of lust, this road offers purity. This may sound boring to some of you, but at the end of this road, you will walk into the safe and comforting arms of God. You'll be fed and nourished, healthy and content, and spiritually and emotionally filled with peace and joy. What does God have to say about this? Matthew 7, verse 13 to 14. Enter through the narrow gate, for the wide gate and broadest the road that leads to destruction, and many may enter through it, but smallest the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only if you find it. This talks about the gates, but the... I don't know what a prince is. Oh, principle stays the same. <laughs> the narrow gate is harder to walk through, but it leads to life. The wide gate is full of visibly earthly temptations that may look appetizing, like gambling, lust, addiction, judgment of others, gossip, alcoholism, pride. The list goes on. But this gate, as fun as it looks, ultimately leads to destruction. Thank you.